Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. Today on the podcast, I talk to Kate Morton. Kate is a registered dietitian and the founder of Funkit Wellness. She has a master's degree in clinical nutrition and focuses on menstrual health and anti-diet culture education. Funkit Wellness is a woman-owned menstrual health company on a mission to end PMS naturally. Check out Funkit's perfectly balanced seed cycling kits developed by a menstrual dietitian. Each kit gives you what you need to start seed cycling, including education on how to get started. Let's end the period stigma one seed at a time. Here we go. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? By now, you all know that therapy is an important part of my own self-care. It has truly been a game changer in every aspect of my life, including achieving goals. BetterHelp is the largest online therapy platform worldwide. They are changing the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to a licensed therapist. BetterHelp makes professional therapy available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. You can start communicating within 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. And I have a special offer for Consciously Clueless listeners. Visit BetterHelp.com Carly and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. By using this code, you get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash C-A-R-L-Y. Take care of yourself today. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy that we connected and um, shout out to Asa for co- connecting us. Yeah, that platform is so cool. I've met the coolest people getting to like co-record and it's just been really cool. Yeah. What I mean, I just feel so lucky that I stumbled into it because it has been really, really great. And it's really nice as a female podcaster to, to have a community. Yeah. It's nice to learn too, because it, podcasting is like not something that I ever thought I would do. And so then now that I do it, I'm like, oh, this is really cool, but I'm glad I had people to learn with. And you know, the first couple months months I was just on my own. I'm like, this is so confusing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I literally Googled, how do I start a podcast? Yeah, <laughs> like, <same. laughs> it was like no knowledge. So let's start there actually, since that's kind of where we're going period chats. That's yeah. the podcast. Tell us about that first, because I have infinite questions, but I'm going to let you speak. <laughs> yeah. So period chats really. So what it came down to is I'm a dietitian and I specialize in menstrual health, which is now turned into like menstrual health, fertility, menopause, and postmenopause. So really just like total spectrum reproductive mm-hmm. health. And I have a brand called Funkit Wellness and we make products. And what I realized was when I was explaining things to people, I'm like, well, did you know this? Did you know that? And it's like, there was so little knowledge out there. Cause like I had to do all the research on my own and, you know, I've got an undergraduate degree in study of the body and kinesiology and nutrition. And I've got a master's in human clinical nutrition. I have years of experience in practicing and I didn't start learning about my cycle until I got off birth control. And literally my health just took like a nosedive 
because my body was so out of whack. So that's kind of where it started was, okay, I'm so passionate and seed cycling and cycle syncing and all, doing all of these things to support my cycle really completely changed my health and made me feel so much better. And so then I was like, okay, well now I want to have products to be able to show people. So we make seed cycling kits. We've got maca powder, all these cool things that are really good for you. And then I was like, but we need another place to educate. Yeah. Like we need, and I'm not a writer. I wish I was like, I wish I was talented with writing, but I'm not speaking is definitely much more my platform and like how I like to communicate. I'm a, also really long-winded, also a big talker. And so I was like, I'm going to start a podcast because I just feel like this is information that should be free for everyone. Like this shouldn't have a gate around it. And it should be information that everyone can access because half the population menstruates and we don't have any real like access to accurate education, especially in school systems. Okay. Yes. To all of the above. I'm going to put a pin in that for a minute and come back to, I got so excited to talk to you about your podcast. I forgot the one and only scripted question I always ask and start with, with guests. So we're going to pedal backwards for a sec. All good. All good. Um, this is, I'm so excited to talk to you as you can tell, that's why I skipped over this part, but my podcast that you're on now is called consciously clueless. And that came from this place of being like, sometimes, you know, I've been on this journey and I feel like I get it. I'm with it. I've tapped in. And then other days I'm like, I know nothing. Um, if that and, isn't the truth. Right. <laughs> and everything in between. So I like starting with asking guests, like, where are you in this moment on the spectrum from conscious to clueless, whatever that means to you? Like, what are you feeling? <laughs> oh, that's such a good question. Honestly, today I feel a little clueless, to be honest, because here's the deal. Like I'm a dietitian. I never had any intention of starting a business, let alone like scaling and growing the way it has. And I feel like I learned so much today just about things I never thought I would know. So I feel like I'm like happily clueless today and yeah. I've learned a lot. Yeah. I love that. Like clueless doesn't have to be bad. No, it can be good and you can learn. And I think I'm more conscious in my body. I'm getting mm-hmm. better at identifying stress and like how I react to things, but I feel like I learned a lot today and I kind of went in a little clueless. So I think it can be a really good thing. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you for that. Now getting back to all the questions that came flooding into my brain when you talked about uh, your podcast and your business. And I just want to start by sharing um, the face I made when you said you got off birth control and your body went, you know, kind of whack. I was like, same. I wanted to scream, same because I was on hormonal birth control for 10 years, took myself off of it being like, I'm fine. I'm super healthy. I know what I'm doing. Don't recommend ever doing that. 10 out of 10 did the same thing. And I do not recommend it. Like, no, I crashed. I crashed too. My mental health, my physical health. It was just, I'm down in the shitter. Honestly, same. Like it was at a point and I was living abroad. So I was living in New Zealand in a totally new place. I was in a super high pressure job and like, I mean, I loved my life, but like my health was just like, yep, it's weird looking at me on the outside. You probably would have been like, gosh, she's so healthy. Like, because our society has such like a warped view of health. We equate like fit with healthy. Yep. And the truth was like, my health was crumbling on the inside and like, especially mental health. I don't think we talk about enough is like birth control, like messing with hormones and tweaking hormones it's not just about your physical body. Like it changes your brain. 
Yeah. And so we have to be so careful. And I did the same thing as you. I'm like, oh, they passed this out like candy. It can't be bad. I'll just stop taking it. And then I stopped taking it. And it was like ridiculous. Yeah. I felt like I, my periods were out of control. I, the whole reason I went on birth control when I was in high school was to control my terrible periods, which only in the last year I'm realizing now I've probably had endometriosis for a really long time. I was just recently diagnosed 13 or 14 years later that I was diagnosed. And I think that I just was so confident in that. Right. And then looking back and thinking, oh, like all those moments where I was struggling, um, or my periods were really bad were actually this like other thing that we weren't talking about. And they just, you know, put me on birth control and it's, it's wild. I would love to hear more about like when that happened to you, were, what were your first kind of, oh shit, how do I fix this? Like what were your go-tos in trying to feel better? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I want to like touch back to what you said about like getting on it. Cause something was wrong because yeah. most of us get on it. I had like some, I had acne, like my periods, my cramping was really bad. And I would get like really bad migraines. And so I got on birth control. What we don't realize is that that's a bandaid. So we're not fixing anything. We're not fixing the leak. We're just shutting off the water. Like there's a very big difference. And so it's super common when you come off of it, like those problems are still there. It's basically like, if you think of a hose that has a cut in it or a hole, you just turned off the water. So of course the leak hasn't been bothering you for 10 years. Well, now you've just turned the water back on and you've let this problem sit for so long and the holes got bigger. Yes. That's the way I think about it. And so then it's just all flooding out and you're like, oh shit. Like literally that's how I felt. Exactly what you said was like, what am I going to do? Yeah. So mine didn't, my period didn't come back for six months. Oh, wow was really scary. And I was, um, I was like competitively like running half marathons and stuff at the time. And I do think that had something to do with it, but it's just one of those things where like, I, I was like, Oh no, I'm broken. Like, what if I, mm-hmm. and you know, like I had never confronted my own fertility. I was in my early twenties and I was like, Oh no, like, what if this doesn't come back? What if I, what if this choice is taken off the table for me? And then mm. it did come back. And with it coming back came terrible bleeding, terrible cramps, terrible acne, like ear to ear acne, um, and really bad mood swings. And so that's exactly what you said. I'm like, how can I fix myself? I'm like, I'm a dietitian. I help other people get healthy. Like, how do I fix myself? And I tried everything. And the problem was when I went to look for like supplements, I've always been weary of supplements in general because I, I knew the industry wasn't regulated. I know that there's a lot of flashy marketing behind it. I know there's a lot of money to be made. I say all that and I own a supplement company. And the reason I started my own was because I couldn't find anything. Yeah. So everything, like nothing was third-party lab tested that I could find. Everything had, um, synthetic or artificial vitamins. None of them were from food-based sources, which it's a very similar to like artificial sugar. Our body doesn't always know what to do with these. And research shows us that we can't even really prove how they're metabolized in the body yet. And so they're probably just being stored. And that's not the case for everything. Um, like high, high quality stuff. Like if you're listening, don't panic too much, right? Be wary and look at where your stuff's coming from, but like high, high quality things, like they're going to work, but 
the lower quality stuff is kind of where you get in trouble. And so I was trying all these supplements. I was trying to run less. I was trying all these things that like I had found online. And finally I, my friend actually introduced me to seed cycling. And like, I was just I was so skeptical. I was like, this is never going to work. Well, it did. And then the problem was, is like, I just had to slow down. Like my body, like no. everything I was right. <laughs> I needed to sleep. I wasn't sleeping. I needed to quit working so much. I needed to quit, quit panicking about everything that was going on or, you know, like over analyzing every situation. And so the parallels really, like, here are wild. <laughs> like really like where it started was a really honest talk with myself. Like yeah. you can't continue to live this way if you want to live a happy and healthy life. And so I don't run anymore. I do. I exercise with my cycle. I eat way more carbs. I like have just like a such more balance in my life and mm -hmm. gave up caffeine for a while. Um, I recently gave up alcohol. It's just, there's a lot of things that aren't necessarily fun and you have to kind of just see what's best for your body. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the tie in between, um, like alcohol and caffeine and all of it was really interesting. I haven't drank now for about two and a half fish years. Um, and the whole reason that started was, and that was, yeah, that was after I took myself off of birth control. Um, I noticed that every time I was drinking and I didn't drink a lot, um, in terms of like, just, I didn't, it wasn't someone who came home and had a glass of wine or a beer or anything, no judgment on those who do, but it, I was somebody who like, didn't drink much that then if we went out, drank a lot and that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I totally get that. I did drink a lot. Like, and yeah. the funny, the funny, I mean, it's not funny, but like the, the crazy contradiction of all of this is I was like vegan, so healthy. Like I was doing all of these things. Right. Yep. And then I was and like, if you drink, I'm not saying you can't, I'm intolerant to alcohol. And I actually found that out after I got, got all this intolerance testing done after I cut it out. And my number one intolerance was alcohol. No. So like the effect it was having on me would be like 10 times what it would be on someone else. And so interesting. And I drank a lot. Like we would go out for happy hour all the time. I would definitely yeah. drink. I mean, I'm really open with the fact I definitely drank too much and I definitely normalized it, Yeah. but I talk about it pretty openly now. Cause I think our society kind of does normalize it. Totally. I mean, there's all those jokes and memes about like, like moms needing alcohol at soccer practice or all those things that were supposed to take as funny. And just recently I've been looking at those things a little differently being like, I don't know. Is that funny? Like, it's not to shame that, but at the same time, we have to examine our relationship with some of those substances because what I noticed was major anxiety increase from drinking. I would wake up and I would just, or, or before going to bed that night, I would just all of a sudden be like, so anxious. I just wanted to crawl out of my body every time I drank. Yes. And like, so that's the craziest part when people ask. And like, I still like, you know, I, I cut it out hardcore for a while mm -hmm. and now like I'll let my let myself I can do whatever I want but I kind of have experimented with like if I just have one drink is that okay and yeah. mine was all mine was for all mental health so like everyone's like does your body feel so much better I'm like honestly physically my body with drinking it wasn't that it was strictly mental health GI yeah. definitely I have no difference with GI but 
it was mental health. And so, yeah, I had these hormones that were a mess and deteriorating running all the time and living off of cortisol our stress hormone. I was addicted to like living off of that, drinking so much coffee on an empty stomach and going out drinking all the time. No wonder. Yes. I cut coffee too. After going off of birth control, I had to, and I, there's no, um, I can't find anything on this. So this is just my personal theory. Take it or leave it. A lot of these hormones are all processed through our liver. And so then when you think about caffeine and alcohol, and there is some research on this, like you think about caffeine and alcohol. So like those alcohol specifically is a toxin, right? Our body is trying to get rid of that and it's prioritizing getting rid of the alcohol and it's kind of putting everything else on the back burner. It's like, if your house is on fire, you're not going to water your plants. Like, it's just <laughs> like, that's what comes to my head is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. our liver is like, our body's on fire. We've got to get this out. We've got to fix this. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll take care of this normal stuff later. And it's just one of those things, like you kind of don't remember that your body works in tandem or I, I just got so disconnected from my body. I think is the root of this whole rambling. <laughs> it's not rambling. Cause I'm like ferociously shaking my head the entire time because I relate so hard that what I think what we're both identifying and is what's clear for me in both of our stories is just that this is not talked about enough with people in general. And I'm not even just saying women, of course, women, but just in general, our knowledge around these things is abysmal. And I think that's kind of what we're highlighting is, you know, I am a health coach. You're a dietitian. We both have podcasts. We both sounds like, like I was a runner and I I run, I'm not a runner, but I run, I weight lift. I'm a gym rat, like still am. And Given all those things, like it sounds like two people who would be set up for success to know how to take care of their bodies and have that knowledge. No, sure enough, (laughs) none, nothing. I took myself off birth control and felt like a freaking crazy person, actually a crazy, like 14 year old. That's the thing. I think that's so crazy. And like, and I remember like, so I had the implant in my arm. So the next one on implant, so I had to have it like surgically removed and they would not take it out in the United States. So I got it in the U S and it's a five-year implant and I bled every day for two years. I had, they wouldn't take it out. It was going to be like a thousand dollars. And I was like 22. I didn't have a thousand dollars to get it taken out. I had just paid to get it like in and I had two of them. I had two of them. And I like to think like, I'm pretty confident and I'm pretty good at saying no. Right. And I, in that situation, like both times, like I'm not, they didn't bully me. I just trusted them. Yes. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And then I wanted it out. And they were like, we're just going to put you on some estrogen pills to balance out the progesterone so that you'll stop bleeding. And I was like, no, I can't go on estrogen. When I was on the pill, it literally, my mental health. They wanted more hormones. That was their solution. That was the solution. And so then I just like had accepted it. I was like, whatever, I'm just going to bleed for the next five years. I'm not going to have a good sex life. My life's going to suck. Like, it's just like, you kind of accept all of these things. And then I was in New Zealand and I went and I was like, I'm really unhappy. Like, I'm really unhappy with this. Like, I really want it out. I really hate it. Yeah. And she's like, we can take it out right now. Did you she burst it out. into tears? I was just like, what? I was like <laughs> caught off guard. And then she wrote me a prescription for 5,000 condoms. 
wait, what? Are we moving to New Zealand? <laughs> like, that's like what it, she was like, okay, be careful. Here you go. Use protection. <laughs> oh, so that is a really good thing to highlight. I'd love to talk about that a little bit with you. Cause I know you, I'm sure you have some knowledge on that. There's differences, whether it's regionally or nationally, like around the world, around our country, around a state. I, I'm not sure where you're located now. I'm in Texas, but that story happened in Alabama, which isn't that surprising. Not surprising. Given like, access to reproductive health in Yeah. Alabama, like and I and I genuinely I genuinely think like I always like to say this, like I'm not even I'm not trashing those doctors because given the state of reproductive health. They probably were like, I know this sucks, but this is your best shot if you don't yeah. want to have a kid right now. Yeah. Like, And so that's the other thing is like, I've come a long way in this journey. Like I was super angry about that for a long time. And only recently did it dawn on me. I'm like, you know what? There wasn't like, there's not access to reproductive. Like if I didn't want to have that baby, like, you know, so it's just like, there's so many levels to think about. It's so interesting. Well, and then that gets at the institutionalized like knowledge or lack of knowledge. So if that's not being taught in, you know, a um, class or course or whatever, whatever people that go to med school do. (laughs) Um, But I I interviewed a doctor um, who a previous doctor who now owns a vegan restaurant. Cool. um, And he was just saying how like he feels embarrassed at the lack of nutrition knowledge. That is, so that was one of my jobs. Actually, when I first moved to Austin, I worked at UT and I helped with continuing education and nutrition for doctors. I like would help organize, create. It was such a cool job because the doctors like who showed up to those courses, they were so ready to learn. Like they were so committed to their patients. They were so ready to like learn something new and so grateful. And honestly, like it's, it's super unfair to them that they're not given that. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. He was just like, it's embarrassing when I think about what I learned and was what was the knowledge I was supposed to use to help people with like nutrition and issues with their bodies. He was like, it's, it's embarrassing. We have to change that system. So I'm imagining, you know, if listeners are still here with us after rambling about our personal stories, I'm sure they are. They're used to me. Um, I am wondering if there are people listening that are like, okay, yeah, I'm relating with you both too. I've had this shitty story. What do I do? podcast is supported by Will's Vegan Store. Will's Vegan Store has been a vegan company at the front of vegan clothing and sustainable fashion since they launched in 2013 by their founder, Will Green. They produce the most beautiful, vegan, sustainably made shoes, clothing, and accessories. I have been obsessed with this brand for years now. They were one of the first vegan brands that I really made the switch to. It can be hard to thrift shoes, but I love knowing that if I'm going to purchase a pair of shoes from Will's Vegan Store, they are going to be ethically made, their workers are protected, they don't use plastic packaging, they're delivered in an environmentally friendly way. It's truly the most amazing company to support. So if you're ready to try them yourself, hit the link in the show notes so they know that I sent you. This podcast is supported by Who Gives a Crap. 
Who Gives a Crap is an eco-friendly toilet paper company that donates 50% of its profits to help ensure everyone has access to clean water and a toilet within our lifetime. Who Gives a Crap has donated almost 8 million U.S. dollars to nonprofit organizations who help provide clean water and toilets all over the world. Who Gives a Crap is delivered straight to your door with carbon-neutral delivery. I love that it comes that way. I don't have to think about it. It's an automatic subscription, and I want you to try it. You can check out Who Gives a Crap and get $10 off your first order over $54 with the code CARLY10. That's C-A-R-L-Y-10, or check out the link in the show notes. Like, what do you, what do, what are you, what do you tell someone? Like, what do we do? Yeah, that is such a good question. So my biggest advice is learn. We're not taught really to advocate for ourselves. We're mm-hmm. taught to just trust the status quo. Yep. And my challenge to you is if you feel it, in your gut that something's not right, trust it Mm. and pursue it. And what I wish I would have done is ask them, could you please note on my chart, all of the issues that I'm having with this and that you've refused to take it out? Like, you know, don't be scared. Also don't be scared to change doctors. I know that that can be a privilege with insurance, but a lot of times, like you actually can change doctors at no cost to you. Um, there's a lot of different things. So don't be scared to change your doctor and really find someone you connect with. Um, don't be scared to push back and say, you know, this is my body and this is really what I believe is right. Um, and I want you to note that you're not willing to do it. Um, if you want a lab test, you can say the same thing. I would like you to note that you refuse this lab test and right. then immediately leave and try to find another doctor. And it's unfortunate because it's a privilege to have time to do yeah, these things. I was just thinking that it's a privilege to have time to try to not feel to intimidated have by the system as like people of color. Yeah. I mean, there's so many levels. There's so many levels of privilege that are woven yeah. into the healthcare system. And yes. it's just so funny. Like when I even listen to podcasts, I was on two years ago when I'm like, was still so angry at mm. the healthcare system. It's kind of interesting to like listen to yourself like now that everything's out there on the internet. Oh god. Cringy, <laughs> but, you know. But it shows me how far I've come yeah. in recognizing healthcare is a privilege unfortunately like it's not the status quo where we live and right. advocating for yourself is hard because we're not really taught that. It's really uncomfortable. We're just taught to like bow down and trust experts. But then we also have to remember that these doctors and nurses and dietitians are human. Yeah. And the system that they work in probably only gives them 15 minutes to spend with you. That's so unfortunate. And like, so there's so many layers to this and I don't unpeel all these layers to just leave it and be like, yep, it's on fire. Good but luck. <laughs> that's kind of like, you know, just trust yourself. And also like, if there's someone else you like trust, like, or you can message Funkit's Instagram. We'll help you with verbiage and wording. Mm. We've got a checklist on our website that you can print out to take to your gyno with you. And like, you can write everything down before you go. Um, that's amazing. I'm really guilty I would love of forgetting to put that in the show notes for people. I'll send it to you. It's really great. I mean, I made it. So <laughs> unfortunately it's not like beautifully graphic design, but it's there <laughs> and you can like print it out and have it in your hand and be like, these are my concerns because yeah. I'm so guilty of forgetting. I'm like, I have all these concerns and I get there and I'm like, I'm fine. And then I leave. Yes. 
of course, or you get intimidated by the space or the doctor or the process, or it's just overwhelming. You know, there's, like you said, there's so many reasons. So to have that, I really like that you kind of started with advocating for yourself. And then here are some tools to help you do that because we know it's hard. Yeah, we know it's hard and we know that it's also a work in progress and it takes time. Like it takes time to be able to ask for what you want and to trust your body. Like we're also not taught to trust our own bodies, especially Mm. like women are really not taught to trust their bodies. And we really like have to just learn how to do that again. Yeah. So how did you learn how to trust your body? Like, what was that like? Yeah, it was hard. I'm still learning. So Mm. I think with me, like I had to slow down. I am like, I had to tune in and slow down and like ask myself, like, how do I feel? And then I had to make changes. I didn't want to make, I didn't want to give up coffee (laughs) and I didn't want to give up booze. Those were two things that I had done everything else. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I got to live a little bit. I got to have fun. I used to like say that to myself and, you know, I tuned in and I was like, oh man, like this isn't working for me. So, you know, slow down, ask, ask yourself the question, like, how do I feel? And just sit Mm. and see what comes to your mind. Like you'd be amazed what your body will tell you. Also, our bodies can't actually talk to us as much as I wish they could. Like my (laughs) arm could be like, I'm tired. Or like (laughs) my brain could be like, I need a break. It talks to us through symptoms. And so it does. And it's one of those things where like, what's your body saying to you? Your menstrual cycle, if you have one, is your fifth vital sign. Mm. Um, you know, are you having hormonal acne? Are you having cramping, extreme fatigue, migraines, heavy bleeding, lots of clots, like brown or light, like dark brown or bright pink blood? Like what's going on? Because it will tell you yeah. and it, it will show up and it'll, your body's going to scream at you till you listen to it. So absolutely. So that's kind of the, the, um, I guess individual way to start working with that. Is there anything that funk at wellness or that you talk about in terms of like, how do we then change or alter, help alter the system? So like we've identified it's systematic issues too. Like, is there anything that you talk about that we can kind of work towards that as well? Yeah. I think one thing that you can do for free, um, is tracking your cycle. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the most empowering things. All the education's free on our website or our Instagram. Um, we really try to make sure this education's available and that it's not um, gate kept so yeah. that people can really access it, but tracking your cycle. So tuning into your body can be as simple as um, if you have like a planner, a calendar, or if you have a phone and you have an app, noting the first day and the last day of your period. And then each day, write one word on your calendar of how you're feeling. Do it for three months and see if you can find any patterns. See mm. if there's things that are coming up. Um, write down how your period was. So I think really tuning in and period tracking is one way to take some of this back because then you know what's going on with your body and it's empowering to be like, okay, because I used to like never track my cycle. My period just show up. I feel so reckless now. I'm like, how did I live like that? <laughs> and, you know, now that I know about my period and my cycle and seed cycling. It's just like one of those things where like, now I feel so in control of my destiny and my health. And I just didn't feel that before. So what you're identifying is that if we are listening to our own bodies, that that can, um, help 
when we go to these appointments, when we talk to doctors and that will make some systematic change you believe within healthcare? I I do believe. And I think it starts though, with us giving everyone the education for that. So like everyone, like, you know, even if your mom didn't teach it to you or your grandma, or your sister, like we, we can help, like we'll help, we'll teach it to you. And then I think the other thing is like surrounding ourselves, like social media, we're almost all on it at this point. Who's your echoing chamber? Is it an yeah. empowering echoing chamber? Is it one that's teaching you? Is it one that you're comfortable reaching out to? Um, that's another thing is like, I love when people reach out to us and they're like, I have this appointment coming up. I'm not sure what to ask. Could you walk me through like how I should do this? So Mm. I think like finding accounts like ours or finding places and pockets of the internet, you can really get that support. Um, I also think it comes down to voting, Mm. (laughs) you know, like if you have the ability to research what's going on in your community, you've got to listen and vote. And like, even if you're listening to this and you don't have a uterus, I'm sure there's someone in your life you care about who has a uterus. Yeah. We're not here for any excuses anymore. Or a vulva. About... Does even have to be a uterus. Yeah, like just yeah. like you have someone in your life, like do it for them, learn yes. for them. And you know, it's just another thing is we need to normalize periods, real sex and real birth mm. and real menopause in pop culture. So and when you say real, what does that mean? What does real mean to you? Real means like no nasty period jokes to people. Oh, she's PMSing or, oh, this, like no negative period talk. No, like female blaming, like, oh yeah, that's just how they are being catty or like really like putting down periods. Yep. There is so much of that in our pop culture. That's yep. got to go. Yep. Unrealistic sex is the killer of a good sex life. So having this vision in your mind of what you saw in a movie is, it can be so disempowering, like, or worse. And we're often porn. Yeah. And like, here's the thing, like, and like, do whatever you want to do. My friend owns a porn company that is a feminist porn company and it shows real people. Mm -hmm. Like you just can't like, ah, it's just so frustrating because so many people like it's just they're trying to achieve this thing they saw on a screen and they're yeah. not tuning in to what they want in their own bodies. Yeah. Um, it also starts with good sex education in schools. And so like I think only 14 or 15 schools in, or states in the United States require medically accurate sex education. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, like what? Uh. Teach kids and people about their bodies teach them together, teach. Yes. Boys and teach everyone about everyone's body. Yes. Don't split these kids up anymore. And don't use like pet names. Use like the real biological name because another pet thing that's names. like, you know, pet names, like hoo-ha, like what, like it's a vagina or a vulva or a penis or testicles, like oh, give. Yeah. We need to give kids the language. We need to give them the language because it starts there. And so that's a rant about that. Also provide period products in schools and workplaces. Toilet paper is free. Like just because everyone poops, does that mean like, like, you know, half the population bleeds. So like it's, we have to just like make things equitable. And that's the thing is like, 
So I could go on and on. There's so no, I'm, I'm here for it too. Cause I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I think women should get like an extra day or two and for the uh, month for their period. If you're because- listening. Yeah. Like if you're listening and you own a business or you like have an ability to make change in your workplace, it's as simple as providing high quality menstrual products. Mm-hmm. It's really not that expensive. And if you're worried, like someone said to me, and this is valid, I get it. Bottom line. First of all, what is seed cycling? Yeah. And so, okay. I have to start a little bit more with like my ideology. Of course, it's going to sure. be a long-winded answer. No, no, so do it, do it. I'm a big believer in connecting to our food. And mm-hmm. so this is another thing, like when it comes to body image and it comes to food and it comes to diet culture and the world we live in, talk about disempowering and putting people down. Like it's ridiculous. And if you're not this one, I like quote unquote ideal body type, like you're completely pushed out of the wellness world. Yep. And so like, if you look at our name, it's called funk it, but if you take funk it wellness, but you take out the it, it's like funk wellness. Cause I was so over this part of the world where people were just getting put down and they were getting marketed to because to make them not feel good about themselves. So you buy their product and it's this whole vicious cycle. And I've fallen for it many a times, all blah. So when I got introduced to seat cycling, I really had kind of given up hope. I had kind of accepted <laughs> like, this is it. Like my body just hates me. My life sucks. This sucks. My life this sucks. is it. <laughs> this sucks. Everything sucks. And so yeah. I got introduced to it and I, you know, I'd never heard of it. And I was a dietitian and, and I'm not going to lie. Like I came in with a very large dose of skepticism and I gave it a try. And after, and it, guys, it takes time. Like it took three months for me to really see like my full results. Our bodies work in threes. So the egg you released this cycle actually started forming three cycles ago. Right. So that's an interesting point to point out. So I started looking into it and I was like, okay, why does this work? How does this work? I'm like very much a puzzle solver. Like I had to know why it worked. I'm constantly asking why, but why? But why? But why? How? Like, because yeah. I wasn't just going to accept that it worked and I wasn't going to tell anyone else about it until I knew why it worked. Because I hate it when someone's like, yeah, just do this thing. And I'm like, but why? And they're like, just do it. It works. I'm like, how? Why? Like, so I didn't want to be that person. I wanted or to Or like, some why. influencer is like, try this new supplement I just tried yesterday and now I'm promoting it. And I'm like, well, you don't even know if it works. <laughs> like you have to wait. And so I did all of this research. And I was mind blown how much research there actually was on nutrition hmm. and menstruation. Um, there, and I'll be honest, there's no like official research on seed cycling. You have to look at who funds the research. It's mostly funded by big pharma. So like everything of, like everything else with our food and ag. It is. And that is a big problem. And our food is not what it's used to be. And that we'll definitely talk about that. And so with seed cycling though, what, what it does is you track your cycle. So on day one of your period, you've got pumpkin and flax seeds. And so simple enough, pumpkin and flax. And so I started doing research. Omega-3s, which are in flax seeds and pumpkin seeds, have huge impacts on inflammation, which our period is a time of inflammation in our body. We're literally shedding half of an organ. Like a lot is going on. <laughs> yeah, It's a lot. It's and a lot. So- it's a lot. And so we have the omega threes that help with that magnesium. So important for pretty much everything that happens in your body, but specifically mood. So mood mm. is really important to talk about when we're talking about hormones. So you've got magnesium in there for mood zinc, which has become even more of a topic 
since what the world we've been living in for the past few years. Yeah. But zinc is also important for cell multiplication, which mm. we know that about healing. We know it about immunity. Think about what your body's doing. It's making an egg. It's like making an egg. It's multiplying. It's doing all these things. So zinc helps with that. Zinc's also there's some preliminary research saying it helps with progesterone, which will come into your cycle oh, later. Yeah. Which is interesting. You've got prebiotic fiber in all of the seeds. Mm-hmm. So it's helping with gut health. You've got calcium in those seeds too, which is really important for your cycle. And you've got B vitamins, mm-hmm. which are very important. Um, and all of these are studied. And that was the cool thing is why I couldn't find any research on actual seed cycling. I could find research on foods that contained all of these nutrients. Mm. Um, and then when I was doing all this research, I actually found out that this is where I learned about artificial supplements that we don't know exactly how they work in the body. So when they studied people who took B vitamins, like in a pill form, and then they studied people who ate foods that contain B vitamins, the supplementation group had no change in PMS or cycle. The um, group that ate the foods that were rich in B vitamins had a 35% reduction in PMS. So, wow pretty freaking amazing that our body I would take a 35% reduction in the shit I've got going on right now. I'd take a exactly. 5% reduction. We would take any percent reduction yes, because exactly. it's crazy. And so that's so it's from the first day of your period to when you ovulate. And if you're not familiar with cycle tracking, ovulation usually happens midway through your cycle. Um, you can do a few things. If you're just seed cycling for like the pure, like wanting to feel better, getting to know your cycle, you can just use a period tracking app, switch halfway through. If you're like me and you're a super nerd about your cycle, I've got an aura ring that tracks my temperature, which after you ovulate, your temperature shifts up. And then I also pee on little sticks every morning to test my uh, LH, which is a hormone that surges right before ovulation. Okay. So you can get as detailed or as non-detailed as you want. I use a so daisy just, um, basal thermometer. Daisy's great. So like same thing. So like you would just switch when your temperature shifts. So yep. So you've been tracking or using your period app and it's like ovulation or your temperature shift. Then we're going to switch to sesame and sunflower seeds. So again, nature is so cool. After you (laughs) ovulate, there's this thing called the corpus luteum that's produced, that's made. And that's where progesterone starts to come from. So you've got estrogen and testosterone and FSH, which is follicle stimulating hormone in the first half of your cycle. We've now moved into your luteal phase. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the longest phase of your cycle where progesterone's present. And yep. so you burn more calories. So there is a reason you're more hungry in that second half of the cycle. Um, you also need different nutrients. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. Different hormones, different nutrients, and hormones are built inside the body. And mm-hmm. so we don't often think about that. We kind of just think they exist, but our body right. has to build them and make them. So that's why it needs all this nutrition. And so then- We've got our sesame and sunflower seeds, rich in vitamin E, again, in B vitamins, B vitamins and vitamin E together have the most research on PMS reduction, specifically breast tenderness seems Mm. to be something that almost like with people can go away, like within that very first cycle. Wow. Um, Breast tenderness. We again, got magnesium for mood. We've got selenium for thyroid support, which we also don't think about our thyroid, our endocrine system is regulating all of this. Yeah. So we've got to support our thyroid. Um, and then this blend has slightly more fat in it, which is really exciting because our body can use fat more effectively in the second, um, second phase. And so that's where the sesame and sunflower seeds come in. And then you eat those until you start your period. And then you just start with your pumpkin and flax again. 
So that's amazing. I'm already more intrigued by hearing you describe it than like the things I've just like read online or whatever else. Um, I have some follow-up questions. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Um, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking of myself here and I'm like, okay, I eat a lot of sunflower seeds already. I love, I put sunflower seeds on like salad, pasta, everything. I've always loved sunflower seeds for whatever reason. Um, and flaxseed, I use a lot in like smoothies and in, um, baked goods. I kind of like throw them into places. You won't notice them. Um, just cause being vegan, I know that I can take all the omega threes that, um, and six that I can get. Um, so I am the first question I had was like, okay, I'm, I'm trying seed cycling. Let's say, can I have the other types of seeds outside of that phase? Or is that like my body is not neat? Like, how does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. Everyone kind of has different views on this. It depends who you talk to, to be honest. Okay. I am a big person of food freedom. Yeah. So my thing is your body is so good with food. It knows exactly what to do with food. Think about your body like a puzzle piece. When you eat that food, it fits right away. And if it doesn't need it, it gets rid of it. So I'm of the mind, be diligent with your seed cycling. And if you want to add in other seeds, you can, Mm -hmm. because they all have different nutrients and eating them is not going to hurt you. The biggest thing I would say with this is we all are really busy and it's really hard to eat healthy. It's really difficult and expensive to eat organic all the time. Right. There's all of these things. So the seeds are this like beautiful boost. So I don't want us to think about like taking anything else away. So like, if you're really enjoying having that in your cycle, just be diligent with your seed cycling and then also add some other seeds in there too. So that's my mind and the way I look at it, because we really need all of these nutrients. Um, and you know, you're covering your bases when you have your seeds, whenever you have them. And then if you want to add more in the only thing I would like as a dietitian, kind of be like, be careful is if you don't have a super high fiber diet, you know, just be mindful of how many seeds you're eating. So like, doesn't hurt your tummy. Um, but yeah, I think in my mind, the more nutrition we can give your cycle and the more we can feed it, um, you don't need to eat like a whole bag of seeds in one That's, sitting. That was my next question is how like, many seeds are we talking here? Like I'm imagining like a Mason jar <laughs> to my face, just like trying to be like, I have to, I, I'm cycling with the seeds. So that's such a good question. And I realized like when we were talking, I'm like, I didn't tell them how much to have. <laughs> and so if you're doing it at home, you need organic non-GMO um, seeds and you got to be really careful with seeds. So seeds can go rancid very quickly. Mm-hmm. And something we don't think about is when things are sitting on a grocery store shelf, we have no idea how long they've been there. And so people say to us, you know, like, oh, your seeds are kind of expensive. And I'm like, you're right. They kind of are. Um, but we get everything from the U S or Europe, everything certified, organic, non-GMO. Um, all of it is batch ground in like three week periods and shipped immediately out to people. So like, that's something you have to think about. So like, I just wanted to backtrack. You can totally do this at home. Just make sure you know where your seeds are coming from. Um, you might be surprised that our seeds actually aren't expensive when you figure out how expensive it is to actually source things from close to home. But that's a side note. Um, it's worth it because you know, you're getting those top quality nutrients. So it's one tablespoon of flax and one tablespoon of pumpkin a day for the beginning. 
one tablespoon of sesame, one tablespoon of ses- uh, of sunflower in the second half, we pre-grind and perfectly blend all of our seeds. So you just need to use two scoops a day and that's all you need. Um, but again, just be very mindful and conscious of where you're sourcing from, how like long they've been in the grocery store, all of these things, because what you don't want is to eat all these seeds that are rancid. And then the actual balance of omega three to six is thrown off and they're actually doing more harm than good. So, so. that's, that was my next question. Cause my thought was like, okay, so you know, someone is feeling like that's a huge privilege. I don't have access to those things. So my thought was, is there any good that can come from maybe cheaper or whatever, but you're kind of saying no, or it's tough. Um, it's really tough. So what mm-hmm. I would just ask, um, the bulk section may be a more friendly place to get mm-hmm. the seeds from because they're probably changed out more often. Totally. So, and they're probably cheaper. And so talk to your, talk to the people at your grocery store. At, don't be afraid to ask them, Hey, you know, like how often do these shipments change out? Or, you know, do you think the bulk section is probably the freshest place to get my seeds from? And so again, advocating would, for yourself again. And like, that's the thing is like, so yeah, maybe you can find like something that is a cheaper seed and you've really like, you talk to them and like figure it out because yeah. the last thing we want is this to be like all about who has access to it. So yeah. like, I definitely think like, just ask. And the bulk section is my recommendation for people. It's like, okay, the bulk section I've just watched at supermarkets. It seems to be changed out a lot more frequently. Yeah. Um, I know that might be like a little scary with germs right now, but you know, just talk to your grocery store and just ask them, you know, yeah. how often yeah. do you get new shipments of seeds? Yeah. That's a that's gr- great advice. Don't buy them pre-ground in the grocery store. Tell me why. Because as soon as you break the shell, that is like, they go rancid so much faster. So like with us, we pre-grind, we ship immediately out. So you have them after they're ground. You really only have about three months. Oh, interesting. So the shelf life says 18 months. That's what the, everyone says is okay. But if you test them and you see where the nutrient levels are, when you break that shell and it just sits in a grocery store, so buy them whole and then grind them yourself at home. So even if you are eating sunflower seeds on your salad and you're like, yeah, these taste fine. Cause I think when you say the word rancid, I'm imagining like a clear indicator that something is old or gross or nasty, but with seeds that it's not right. They don't really know. And like, it's tough. That's why just like quality is really important. And if they're whole, like they have a longer shelf life. Right. So buy them a whole, grind them at home. You can totally do this at home. Ask your grocery store about their bulk section. Um, Store them away from light as well. Yeah. Store them in the refrigerator or the cabinet. I say refrigerator or freezer. Oh, freezer. Because freezer is going to give you the like, it locks it. Like, think about like how fruits and veggies are like flash frozen. Yeah. So, fridge or freezer, if you're eating them quickly, like within 30 days, fridge. If you know you're not going to eat them for longer, freezer. Interesting. I've, I've often kept, um, I'm in a tiny home, so I have a tiny fridge. Um, so I don't have a lot of room for all like nuts and seeds and everything in there. Um, 
but I've been thinking about it again lately. I'm like, man, I really used to keep all that stuff in the fridge. But if they're in like a dry, cool place, like away from light, like that also like still should be fine. It's okay. just like, we're talking about best case scenario with them, right. like what's actually doable. And so like, that's my thing is like, some of this may be like, I don't really have time to track my cycle. I don't really have time to care about this. I don't have time to worry about what sees I'm eating. And if you're listening to this, I totally get that. And yeah. you know, yeah, that's valid too. And Oh, it's just one of those things. Like for me, I was feeling so bad that I had to like make time and I had to do it, but everyone's different. I am so excited at this conversation. I can't believe it's almost been an hour already. I just realized that I have been doing so on the podcast. I do two interview episodes a month and then two solo episodes. So every other week it's either interview, solo, interview, solo. And I've been doing more, um, I've been doing a better job at making it a little more cohesive. So like an interview episode will air and then the follow-up solo one will be something kind of related to that, like a deeper dive, but just me. And I think I've just decided that I'm going to start seed cycling. And after this airs, I'll do an episode with my experience and talk about it. Um, Yeah. We'll send you a kit. Just give me your address. Okay. (laughs) That sounds amazing. Yeah. I would love to, um, I would love to just like start really solid and not, not have to think about it. Um, and I think that's focus the on thing that. is, is like we, and I will say too, like, we really try to like provide discount codes and like make mm. it accessible to where it's less than a dollar a day. Yeah. Um, so that's the way I look at it is there, the kits are $35 with free shipping. We have a discount code on our website right now that brings in 20% off for three months. Brings it down to $27.99 a month, which is wow. under a dollar a day. Yeah. And if you think of supplements and vitamins or ibuprofen, mitol, all the other shit that I used to take at literally like candy. And I mean, in high school, I had a like an alarm on my little phone to remind me when I could take ibuprofen again it's because so it was hard. so bad. And it's really expensive. And like the other <laughs> thing is like, I know this, like, you know, with seeds, it's like, I don't know if I want to spend that money on seeds every month, but like, it's so good for your body, like all the fiber, all the good things and, you know, commit to it for three months. And if after three months, you don't think it's worth it, like more power to you. Right. Totally. I really like that you um, seem open to the possibility of it not working for someone, you know, I think the second someone tells you this has worked for every single person I've ever come in contact. This is it. Don't believe them. Please walk the other way because they're lying. Like, yes, it, it can't work for everyone. We are also different and unique. Um, it's definitely worth trying it's food. So it's safe. It's delicious. Um, it really in the supplement industry is a low entry point for, um, price. We also are happy to like, if you want to see tackle on your own and messages and ask us questions, like we just want to be there to help you and support you. Like come join our community, come hang out with us and be part of our period party. Like it doesn't have to be this, like, I don't know, like everyone should have access to it and access to support, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, so where can people get a hold of you and follow along and find all the stuff you've been talking about? Cause I know there's going to be some ferocious Googling after this. 
Yes. So funkitwellness.com, F-U-N-K-I-T wellness. Um, find us on Instagram too and TikTok. We're new to TikTok. So be nice to us. We're just trying to figure it out. Oh, I've, I'm still not on it. I've avoided it because I'm just like, I can't be on another platform. I can't do it, but I know I should. It's so hard. So funkitwellness.com and we will get a special discount code just for your followers so that they could try it at discounted rate too. That would be amazing. Let me know that. Yes, I'm here for it because I have started really openly talking about endometriosis and this like journey with shitty periods and just talking about it. And every time I make a post about it, I get at least two to three people messaging me out like that. I don't know, like a above the people I already know that are talking to me about this, just being like, Hey, I have a question. Um, I have a thought about this. That's the thing is like endometriosis takes on average, like I think 10 years to diagnose and they were saying it was like one in 10 people, but I think there's more evidence coming out. That's probably more like one in five. Oh my God. (sighs) And we like, aren't talking about it. And you know, like the pain can be so excruciating. We need to listen to people. Like when someone says they're in excruciating pain, like we need to listen. It's not fair that it takes 10 years to get diagnosed. And on average, I think five doctors. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I, this week have an appointment with number four, I think. So I'm doing really good. (laughs) I'm really on it. I'm killing it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. If you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe wherever you're listening. If that's somewhere like Apple Podcasts, leave a review and you could be read on air as the review of the week. Looking for more podcast content, yoga videos, meditations, and all-around amazing community? Head over to patreon.com slash consciouslycarly and check out what's going on. And finally, if you are ready to make changes in your life but don't really know where to begin, let's work together. Head over to consciouslycarly.com and we can start the process and get you happy. Until next time.